Hi, I'm Rina. And I'm Arbaz. Twice a month, we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and changemakers. This show is for creative thinkers who have a passion for changing the world. If basketball was my first love, then Kobe Bean Bryant took my devotion to another level and multiplied it tenfold. Kobe joined my beloved Lakers in 1996. He joined Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones, right around the same time I was taking basketball seriously. My favorite number is eight, and so when he took on that number, I had a natural affinity towards him. And just the fact that he took Brandy to his prom, and I was just talking to my cousin about this a few days ago, I thought that maybe there would be a chance that I could take him to my prom. In high school, during the Lakers' three-peat years, I wore number eight for volleyball, and I was number 24 for basketball, not knowing he would switch numbers down the road. His photo was on my binder. Froby, as we'd like to call him. Kobe with his fro. He was also posted in the locker I shared with my high school sweetheart. I was crushed when his case came about when I was in college, and I wrestled with my support for him. I couldn't believe it. I felt betrayed with his request to leave LA. Time passed and he, I, we grew up. We evolved and we found our spark again. I switched careers and I looked to him, his example of discipline and hard work, hoping one day we'd meet or have a chance to work together. In 2010, after winning his fifth and final championship with the Lakers, I got to meet and interview him in person. These past few days, many of my friends have reached out, many of those who I haven't spoken to in years, telling me that Kobe's death hit them in ways they've never expected. Former classmates who are now mothers have been deeply affected, feeling and heartbroken for Vanessa. My parents called me from the Philippines, saying that Kobe is everywhere there. The tributes have been nonstop. And my cousins have been sending me their photos from the Philippines wearing their Kobe gear. My best friends, my brothers, whom I've been to Laker games with, we've all gotten significantly closer together over the years because of Kobe. Whether we're celebrating championships, game winners, or just consoling each other after a loss, Kobe was our guy. He was our fearless hero. We trusted him to deliver every single time, and he delivered every single game. My mom texted, Kobe is like family. I can't explain why. For this episode, we want to share our thoughts on one of the ultimate champions of our generation. Kobe was not only a champion on the court, but he was being a champion father, husband, businessman, storyteller. He had so many projects on his plate, but he was dedicating most of his time to being a dad. And most recently with Gigi, feeding her passion for the game of basketball. In the first segment, our boss and I share our Kobe stories with one another. And we will close with a snippet of my tribute on the radio show, Keeping Score, on WBAI Radio. And through the years, too, just watching him play basketball, uh, he's just been a major inspiration through his work ethic, his dedication to his craft, and um, 
that was just something that I've always tried to instill and emulate, mm-hmm. you know, his self-confidence on the court. Um, I really just took that into account and I wanted to apply that in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I met him, I've always, you know, that mm-hmm. was a dream of mine. There was where where I was did you off. meet him? I actually met him. Uh, we had no business being there from the mm-hmm. very first of all. Uh, it was at his um, Mamba camp, his Kobe Academy mm-hmm. in 2010 in Santa Barbara. And so I think every it started, I think that was like, I don't know how many years it had been, but um, it was right after he won his last championship with the mm-hmm. Lakers in 2010. And that was his first public appearance since then. Uh-huh. And so we actually had media passes. This was for an online community, a very unknown, unknown um, media site called Bakioi.com. And, um, but there was ESPNs were there, local news stations, their cameras and everything. And wow. here we were at this tiny um, media outlet, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get our hands on Kobe or at least uh, get him on camera mm-hmm. for, our, for our website. Um, so we had really, really had no business being there, but just the fact that he was sponsoring, I think, 10 kids from the Philippines to attend that camp, um, that was a reason they, why. They came down for the whole summer? They came yeah. down for that whole uh, week mm-hmm. um, camp, week-long camp with Kobe. Um, and so our website was geared towards Filipino-Americans, um, and so that was kind of like, you know, they wanted, they wanted us there. They practically invited us over. And um, so it was just me and a team of two. We mm-hmm. had I had my photographer Mally Lee and um, a camera guy um, Ryan Domingue, and so we ventured up from LA that day two hours. I think it was it took a long time, um, but that was pretty much like a really defining moment for our mm-hmm. careers too. Because and this was in twenty ten. This is in twenty ten, and I'll never forget that because when I was younger, that's all I really wanted to do was meet Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And um, it actually happened. So when did that when that happened, I was like, oh my god, I have to dream bigger. Yeah. <laughs> this this came so soon for me. Yeah. yeah so yeah, twenty 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 ten was a big year. I mean, that that was a year the championship happened. And yeah. That year actually, I was <clears throat> I was at the Lakers finals game, so I was there. What? I was there at the Staples Center. I didn't have tickets, but I was on. I was down the street. The final game. The final game as they won the championship. Okay. So, so we were at a grocery store down the street and you know there was a lot of love this is LA yeah. everyone loves each other everyone's yeah. here for the Lakers and it was really powerful because you know we watched the game as soon as the clock winded down yeah. the Lakers won my friend you know he got up and he led a charge down the street he put his hands up and he said we won and he I ran won. And there was a, a probably a few, been a part of that too. there was a few hundred people just hugging each other yeah. and running down the street, and there was a, a level of an excitement, and that you know that was what the Lakers really meant for a lot of people in L.A. Yeah, um, you know Kobe was a player; he was a human being, but he was also part of this this culture. He built the culture for Los Angeles, um, exactly. which is why a lot of us you know feel that connection. Um, Major so, loss for all of us, yeah. yeah. So in twenty ten. You met Kobe at that event, but then you also met Kobe several other times where you got a chance to see him other places. I got a chance to see him other places. Well, my family too. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of connections, especially since Kobe Bryant lived um, in the or- in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I went to school at UC Irvine. And um, I know a bunch of my friends would see him at the ARC, which was our gym, mm-hmm. um, because he used to train 
at our facilities, wow. um, especially the, at the peak of his career. Mm-hmm. And he would make it a point to visit or at least train once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this one occasion, I was, um, it was my research supervisor. Um, she was married to the track coach mm-hmm. at UCI. And she told me, she knew I was a big Kobe fan. She's like, Rena, you know, Kobe trains at Crawford Hall every morning. He mm-hmm. comes in at 4 a.m. Wow. Um, do you know that? <laughs> Just like trying to give me a hint. Um, and so, you know, I it was hard for me to wake up at 4 in the morning. College mm-hmm. kid, you know, yeah. come on, give me a break. But there was this one time I actually did wake up really early. And this was the summertime. I... Um, I woke up one of my best friends who lived down the street from me. We're like, let's just go run. Let's just go run over there and see if we could get a glimpse of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was like probably 5.30, 6 a.m. And, you know, we missed him because he was already um, inside training. Mm-hmm. And he would do this every day. It, it was just incredible just to, I guess, witness that and just know that he would be there every morning busting his butt just yeah. to, you know improve his game and he was and he was accessible too you know yeah. and if anyone wanted to they could have came that yeah, early my brother morning. my brother um i don't know my brother so all my brothers and i my brother two brothers and i went to uc irvine mm-hmm. i went there first and then my rickson and then redmond um my youngest brother um he started gosh in 2007 um he actually met kobe at uh at the in and out he uh ran into kobe at in and out and gosh like this guy, Kobe Bryant, rolled down his window for my brother mm-hmm. to shake his hand with his kids in right the car. Right there, wow. Why, you know, like, for all, anybody, my brother could have just been, like, this crazy dude, but um, Kobe had that, you know, accessibility, yeah, for sure, and he was just so very kind and gracious. That was just the person that he was. And even my dad, like, mm-hmm. he, my dad ran into him when it was just around his case, um, he was going through that. It was, I think it was 2004, 2003, but he was at our local grocery store in Highland, California. In San Bernardino. In San Bernardino. And um, my dad, like, he he called us. I'll never forget that my dad was like, I just met Kobe. And we're like, what? You of all people? But he was like, yeah, I shook his hand. I told him, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> my dad. Oh, but, yeah, there's so many memories with him. And then for a lot of us, yeah. those memories... That was our entire life, you know. For, yeah. For me growing up, I don't remember a point in time in my life where Kobe wasn't there. You right. Know? I was born in 1992. He was drafted in 1996. And, you know, as I was a kid, you know, we had Kobe everywhere. We had Kobe in my elementary school, middle school, high school. You know, we had his, they sold posters of him there. They, you know, remember these games. I wore his shoes my entire, you know, until high school. I wore Kobe's, wore all the gear. I remember... Every moment of my life that was significant. There was a there was a, there was a Laker game, you know, around that same time. It was connected to that. And and it was really the pride of LA. You know, you grow yeah. you go all across the world and people remember they know LA for what's happening here. Um, yeah, I have to tell you too, um I got close to my cousins in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. They're uh three three guy cousins. They're a little bit younger than me, probably like five or six years younger. But, you know, through the years our bond has gotten so much stronger because of the Lakers and Kobe. Mm-hmm. They saw us growing up loving the Lakers, and so they, you know, they started to like the Lakers too. And then so every single time we would visit, we would try to bring them Kobe Bryant stuff and like his shoes and his gear because you know they don't have. It's hard to find any of that there in the Philippines, but 
yeah, Kobe has transcended our culture, you know, culturally um, through just it's just been a global and impact. and you know you know a lot of people say you know there's 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 tragedy there's tragedies every day you know yeah there's things that happen all across the world but I think one of the things that really hits us home with 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 Kobe is that we are able to see every aspect of his life and we see a bit of ourselves in it right you have yeah. a man that that strived you know for perfection he was not it, perfect though he wasn't perfect he was not perfect but that was just the beauty of his his struggle in his life. He was trying to do his best. He tried to be a good father. Yeah. He tried to take care of his kids. That was the reason he took a helicopter because he wanted to, you know, spend more, spend, time, spend more time with his children. And be a dad. Uh, and be that father. But when we reflect on that, we see that we all want to be people that are balancing our lives, have accessibility, want to be those people that have enough time for our family and, and be accomplished. And we, when we see someone like that, who, you know, at the peak of his career has accomplished you know everything he could in his basketball career, yeah. and then he suddenly passes away. We reflect on our own mortality and our yeah, own yeah. lives, and you know everything is life is short, and you it reminds you to cherish those things that really matter uh, around us. And and you think that man, you know this anything can happen any moment. You don't know when you're gonna lose somebody. No, and I just know that um, who did I reach out to the first? You know when I found first found out about it, my brothers, mm-hmm. my best friends, those that were close to me. Um, so I, that's just, he was just a major part of our lives and I don't think we'll ever get over this. Um, you know, it's just one of those like devastating moments in history. You'll always remember where you were when it happened and when you found out. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so grateful for his life, his example, um, and just all the memories that were His hustle, his, you know, his commitment. Is striving for excellence, yeah. you know, waking up at 4 a.m. and consistently practicing and training. It might have been earlier. I don't know. It might, yeah, it might have been earlier. <laughs> he, he, he lived with... Yes, he was disciplined. Man, a level time. of uh, discipline and intentionality. He knew yeah. what he wanted to do. Yeah. And we all strive to be at that at that level. And if he could do it, we could, you know, just watching him perform at mm-hmm. that level, we could do that too if we worked hard enough. Yeah. I think that was just one of the biggest lessons I could learn from him. So, and I'm also, as I mentioned before, I'm just grateful for all the memories that I was able to create because mm-hmm. of him and his life. Like, the games that I've gone to. Um, the, and, the Los Angeles life, right? Yeah. You know, the, we, we celebrated together all the victories, but we also consoled each other through all, like, the losses and all the hard times mm-hmm. and what he was going through. But this has just been unreal. It's still unbelievable for me um yeah i mean you know you have someone he he wanted to do everything to the best of his ability the helicopter that he that he crashed in you know had the best safety standards had everything you know that you would want in a in a a helicopter and then you know once your time it's your time and and you're gone you can plan as much as you can as you want but you don't know at what point you know so there's sorry but there is this one he always um his theme was like carpe diem, mm-hmm. but you know he changed to Kobe Kobe diem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that seize the day, mm-hmm. and I think he did try to strive to um, just be at the moment and you know be your best. Put in your best effort day in and day out, whatever you do, whatever role you play, and that's you know that's just the mark of a champion. And so we thank you, Kobe, for setting that example. This episode continues with my phone call to WBAI radio show, Q100.
keeping score. Yeah, their thoughts on Kobe. Uh, right now we got Rena DeCane, marketing and communication manager at Claremont Lincoln University, and she's an ultimate L.A. Laker and Kobe Bryant fan and host of the podcast World Champs. What's up, Rena? How's everybody doing? Today? Good. How are you? I'm sure Thanks not. For not having me. How are you? I'm sure not too good today. But uh, just tell us, give us your thoughts on Kobe, the player and the person. Man, uh, I've been in love with that guy since uh, he took Brandy to his prom, and that that <laughs> was the sixth grade. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, it's just been a love affair from the very beginning. Although we had our moments, we've had our moments. Um, let me tell you that. Um, but. You know, he started off at the Lakers and I was starting to play basketball in the sixth grade. Um, so, like, that crush developed into admiration through the years. You know, I've um, witnessed, you know, his work ethic, his dedication to his craft. Um, there's so many stories, because I used to go to UC Irvine, mm. um, and he used to train at the Crawford Hall, um, at one of the basketball facilities over there. And so... The summer of 2005, I found out that um, he would train at that facility early in the morning. This was uh, during the summer. And I, I for a college student, 5 a.m., 4 a.m., because he would be there at 4 a.m. in the wow. summertime. And I could not, I could not for the life of me wake up that early. But there's this one time. I, I mean, I, think I there's one time I actually got up. And it was five in five in the morning, and I was able to see his range over outside. But wow. yeah, he was just that type of person. And um, when I met him, when I interviewed him in person, you know, everyone says, you know, never meet your heroes or your idols. But he was just so kind and gracious to me. Um, so I think I will always remember him for that. Wow. Um, wow. And yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of stories, especially you know, growing up here in SoCal and in California. Wow. He's brought a lot. He's brought a, a lot of us together. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we got one more call after you, but thanks a lot for t- sure. you know giving us your time, a couple minutes, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having. Thank you for listening, and follow us on social media and subscribe to our channels.